The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What is happening, everyone? Welcome to episode 76 of your favorite podcast, the Grow Eye Podcast. I am your host, Justin Mahaley, alongside my co-host, Scott Simmons. And today, we are bringing a Q&A directly to you. Thank you guys who submitted the questions. We picked out some really, really, really good ones that I think is going to help you greatly in your fitness endeavors, your mental journey endeavors, whatever it might be. So episode 76, as always, brought to you by Revive Supplements, brought to you by Raw Supplements. You just go Mahaley 20 at checkout. Be sure to please scroll down to the bottom of the page. Give us five stars. Leave us a review if you love us. Please don't tell anybody if you hate us. Episode 76, I'll see you inside. Every day it seems that there's something extremely um, like pressing that almost haunts me throughout the entire day. Like I'll wake up and I'll get into my morning walks. And like during the morning walk, I have a thought. Yeah. And like it's always so outrageous and i just like obsess over it the entire day and like find answers to it today's thought was i was walking um you know where we took the walk the other night how mm-hmm. uh, we we turned left to go like deeper into the neighborhood over there and like went down so i was like far down that street yeah and it hit me i was like why is joe rogan leaving a place where he has the best <laughs> podcast in his city and he's moving to a place that he just has the second best podcast in his city you know you know what i think of that what wouldn't be me would not be me no absolutely but the thing is we can move anywhere and sell the best podcast in the city it's It's an unfair advantage it is an unfair advantage um you know it sucks to not be us (laughs) 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 but man you, you know what you know what how fucking how cool is it that we live in a city that like so many like dude elon musk and joe rogan are moving here that's wild yeah i don't man. know loki i think about it every day I think about Do it every really day. especially with like the businesses we're getting involved in and stuff yeah like man there's really there's a very high percentage with the the newest business that at some point like they're gonna be at my at, at, at my business yeah yeah what? i know it's weird <laughs> that right? is absolutely bonkers yeah it's fucking cool yeah and and so i don't i i don't know i have been thinking about that a lot maybe not elon musk he might be he might not be going out Probably man not. joe rogan goes in but yeah. even think about it matthew mcconaughey he's very active downtown Matthew mcconaughey's big big he's big active deal in austin but like austin's also his home that's you what know? I mean, though. But he's yeah. but he's still active he's here. very active is matthew mcconaughey and i am saying this understanding matthew mcconaughey is a fucking star yeah is he as big as joe rogan and elon musk right now i can't say yes to that he is an absolute fucking star and it's un- it's unfair for anyone to really be compared to those two giants they're I, all different they're, all, they're different. all so different huh yeah they're all different elon is someone who probably doesn't mature how much and it's probably I don't want to say good idea. He See, just, I, so what are we, you got to talk, what context are we talking about? Elon's better at Joe, but Joe's media. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Joe, Joe's media just like a, a media king. But see, Joe can also throw a hat on and wear some, you know, normal That's clothes true. and go like, but then Joe's in. not changing the way we 
live our lives exactly like, like elon does. like elon musk elon musk probably man i just i i feel like he's just he's just he's just in a laboratory all the time yeah i feel like i i, did, I just it's probably his clones dude, outside. i know dude, i just feel like he doesn't <laughs> I, I feel like he doesn't really have many elements of like societal events and fun um outside of his galas that rich people go to you, you see like we throw parties yeah but one day we're gonna have galas that's how that'd be pretty cool yeah yeah it's just i think you reach a certain level of wealth that one day you just get a note in the mail that says now you throw galas yeah <laughs> it's all like lavish and shit yeah. we have a personal video yeah i think that would be really be fucking cool. Cool. Be cool i can't wait to get invited to my first gala how about your own gala I can't wait to have my own gala. I believe I'll probably get at invited the new to one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the new venture. Yeah, I'll, I'll get invited to one, I'm sure, before I actually get to throw one, though. Yeah. I don't know. That'd I'm be not, cool to be at. myself credit. Dude, I wouldn't know what to wear. I'm trying like, to think back at Textron days. I don't think I've been to a gala. I've been to a lot of high-end parties, but not a gala. Usually galas like come with um, like on the invitation, I believe. Maybe one of our listeners can fill us in. I believe they come with like the, the attire. Yo, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Okay. Yeah. So I guess that kind of makes it easier, but like, I mean, I don't fit in. Like if you're in a black tie thing. event. Yeah. There you know. Yeah. That's brutal. Although, you know, suit rentals are only like three or 400 bucks. It's not bad. It's not bad. I would. You, I, you're going to want the thousand dollar suit. Uh, I just gonna say, <laughs> your boy's going to show up fly. Yeah, dude, I, have a sport, I have a sport coat from Bag of Texture. That's like $600. Does it still fit? Uh, I don't know. We can always get it um, tailored. Tailored. Yeah, yeah, you can. Tailors in Austin are pricey. Are they? I think everything in Austin's a little pricey. Yeah. <laughs> but man, you know, I was driving down to um, our new brick and mortar place today. And dude, I was there seven days ago. Mm-hmm. Two, I didn't tell you about this. Mm. Two more places on North Mark closed. Oh, shit. In seven days. Oh, damn. One, one right across the fucking Does street. Does that make you nervous? Um, it doesn't make me nervous because yeah. I know our product is absolutely outstanding. Yeah. Um, it, 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 more than anything, kind of makes me sad. Um, mm-hmm. But one of the places I was kind of interested in. <laughs> of course, were. it was. It was going to be. It, it, it was honestly a really good setup for a mobile for a mobile car detail shots. No shit. Out of. They had room for it and shit. It had two garages. Justin thinks our pocketbooks are endless. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, they're not. But hey, if there's any investors listening to this podcast, I have a lot of ideas. Oh shit, that'd be dope though. Yeah, if, that was, yeah. if that's a good spot for it, I mean, you can just walk across the street, dude, in downtown. Yeah. Oh my god, it's just. Wonder what the Talk rent about, is. Oh shit! I can't say that. No, uh, I, I, know. <laughs> I can't wait. Like, man, it is going to happen any day that we're able to share with you guys what's going on. And yeah. I'm like so fucking excited. We just we can't fucking. That's all right. We're not there yet. Nothing's been signed. Yeah. So we are getting close. But today we are going to do another um, Q and A for you guys. I realize I haven't done one in a while. Long time. And I kind of feel bad. I feel like um, I feel like there's always kind of topics that come to me last minute that I feel like I need to talk to you guys about. How I kind of come up with these podcast topics is like, dude, honestly, I just kind of assess what's going on. It's not dissimilar from what we talked about starting your business. Assess everything. Find a problem. You bring the solution, right? It's kind of how I like that's kind of how I handle this podcast. It's just like social media is always changing. It's always in a constant state of I don't want to say ebbs and flows. It's not ebbs and flows in terms of like content or ebbs and flows in terms of energy. It's just the, the issue of, you know, what I am experiencing in my social media feed, I guess just changes often. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's why, you know, I bring up these topics. That's why we talk about things. Or if I have clients asking a lot of questions about something, I bring it here. So, 
Sorry, I haven't done a Q&A in a while, but today you guys did send over some pretty good questions. You guys sent over a ton of questions, but the issue with the fucking questions was so many of them were just fucking repeats, but you guys don't know, you know, you you guys have no idea. There were like 90 questions submitted or something. Dude, I mean, almost every question had a a repeat and I was like, man, that's rough. it is, but it's obviously things people want to talk about. Sure. So sure. let's dive right into it with question number one. All right. Question one. What changes do you see coming for bodybuilding in 2021 after such a wild 2020 so far? Yeah, I think this is a really good question. I think we are going to see much better run shows, um, especially, you know, at the NPC level. I think a majority of shows are not very well run. Um, there's a lot of states that are known for running poor shows like Michigan, you know, Michigan mm-hmm. probably runs some of the poorest shows that I've had clients compete at. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to just slam all Michigan because they have, you know, that university there, but they, they run awful bodybuilding shows. Um, that stayed true this year with my clients mm-hmm. who've competed in Michigan so far, it's not been very good. Um, I, I have this belief and this might rub people the wrong way. I don't think men's physique bikini and wellness i don't think they necessarily need need it to be part of the night show okay i think the winners should all get recognized at the night show Mm -hmm. okay or i can say this another way they don't all need to fucking do individual presentations at the npc level they're the exact same yeah you're watching a carbon copy one after another Mm mm-hmm if there's six classes and there's top fives in each class and everyone does this individual routine, mm-hmm. you know, you're watching 30 of the exact same thing happen. And I know some bikini girls are going to listen to this. I mean, y'all listen, like my bikini girls on my roster are listening to this too. It's not changing anything. Mm-hmm. What happens at prejudging in all of these divisions is, you know, I mean, that's it's, it's done. It's done at that point, you, you know, bikini wellness, men's physique, your body's not going to change a ton between prejudging and finals. If it does, you probably weren't dialed in for prejudging. Um, th- there's only the more muscular divisions are the ones that we can constantly play with and manipulate. Right. I mean, even, you know, a couple weeks back, AK took the overall and, you know, between prejudging and final, yeah, she tightened up, mm-hmm. but it was done. It was still done. Yeah. Like the whole show was decided in prejudging. Everyone knew who was winning the whole thing. My view of it is maybe we can make shows run faster and we understand that making shows run faster holds intrigue longer. Mm -hmm. It keeps the crowd around Mm -hmm. longer. Look, where do we see the largest exodus of folks when bodybuilding ends and then when bikini comes on Mm -hmm. and bikini girls work as hard as anybody. They work their ass off like they are the phenomenal athletes just like everyone else. We don't need to watch same with men's physique. Same with us. We don't need to watch the same presentation happen over and 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 over again. You have top fives for six divisions and all three of those. We watched 90 routines that we didn't need to see because they were all the exact same. Yeah, that's the NPC's rules. That's not me saying that. That's the NPC's rules. And I know people are going to be like, well, you know, my you know, my presentation is my reason. No. You can add your flair to your presentation and stuff. It's a front shot to back shot. And then you're off the stage. Do you think the judges get, I mean, I feel like. Oh, yes. I, I've tired. talked to all of the judges they and they all yeah. get tired. They all get. I mean, it's like there's a term that's called bikini fatigue. Yeah. But it's in, it, it's really in all the divisions. Sure. Like, truthfully, if yeah. a division's too fucking big, it's like, man, this is a lot. I think bodybuilding yeah. and classic physique and women's physique might be the only ones that don't really have that. Mm-hmm. But there's a freak factor there. 
there's a freak factor and yeah. at, at, at least bodybuilding and women's physique. That's like, Oh my God. Like bodybuilding, the longer it goes on, the bigger everyone gets. And yeah, then the super sure. heavies are on stage. Sure. And it's like, this is bonkers. Yeah. Like you can't find that anywhere else. Yeah. I think that we are going to see shows um, change the way that prejudging the finals are run. Mm-hmm. I think that at finals, the three divisions I listed should have, you know, the, the class, the trophies for the classes, no individual routines. We don't need them. It, it's not affecting anything here. Yeah. You have the trophies, you have the overall. You think it's one of those cases where it's always been done this way. So we just yep. keep doing yep. it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It, it is, um, well, what's the term thrashing yeah. the term Steven always uses yeah, yeah, yeah. the NPC thrashes so hard, yeah. but like we don't need 12 hour show days. There's no reason it takes 12 hours Dude. to judge 400 physiques. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's, you know, it's a poor setup. Mm-hmm. That's something that I think could change. Mm-hmm. We want to try and get competitors in and out. The longer people are around each other, the longer people around everything, the higher risk there is of something, you know, bad happening. Right. So that could be something we change. Um, you know, I, I think people are going to be very strict with, um, you know, how backstage is run. I know most of the shows I've done backstage was always run really well, but I've, you know, been at coaching shows where backstage was run terribly like the St. Louis show last mm. year. Just, I can't say enough bad things about that show. Yeah. We did amazing there, but I hated how it was run. That's something I could see changing. Um, but you know, it's been really refreshing about this year. I was talking to my friend, Tyler Bedson, um, when we were DMing on Instagram, maybe yesterday, uh, he's a big time coach out of Kentucky, uh, really coming on the scene, just exploding, really fucking good guy, really good coach. I was talking to him and it's like, dude, in 2020, bodybuilding has gotten better. We have better bodybuilders than we've had in the NPC for a long time. It's gotten so much better. It's improved. The quality of bodybuilding at every show is awesome. And so moving forward and leaning forward, we're going to continue having really, really, really good bodybuilding. I think 2020 has taught more people to prep smarter. Okay. Um, I think that's a big deal. We should have, you know, more maybe health. Um, you know, it's not always used as a correlating term with, um, competition, but we could just have, we just have smarter prepping moving forward. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of the things that I see changing right now. And I guess I kind of hope, they, I, I hope yeah. they change. If you don't, we can make it. Yeah. Right. We can make it happen. <laughs> uh, all right. Next question. When someone's looking soft or hard on their check-ins, how do you, mani- how do you manipulate his or her macros? So we're going to take this from a prep approach. And I, I don't want to focus on macros here because macros are never the reason why. Okay. Um, I don't want to say never the reason why it's a very slim chance with a good coach that the food is the reason why. Okay. So let's say someone's six weeks out and they check in and they're a little softer than they were last week. It's a stress response period. We have to mitigate the stress. Talk about it all the fucking time. What are we going to do? Take cardio break, training break. What is it? We have to do something. Is your sleep poor? Is your digestion poor? What we need to assess all the biofeedback. What's your resting heart rate? It's fucking 78. We need to fucking rest. What's your blood glucose? Your dude, your fucking 6% body fat and your blood glucose is 95. No way. Absolutely not. No, it's not. We need to rest. You know, it's, it's a stress response. So, you know, that's, you know, why we have, you know, consistent check-ins with, with a coach. You assess the root of, of the issue. 
this physique is soft because it's talking to you. It's not because you did a diet break, unless you really overshot the diet break, but that's not a soft physique. That's just, I mean, you're just, if, if you really overshot a diet break, you're just getting fat. Um, so it's just stress response, pull back cardio, pull back training, pull back, whatever it might be. Honestly, six weeks out with someone really in shape, we're just going to pull back both. We'll probably take four days off, really allow body to recover. Someone looking really hard. I mean, you know, in every division, but bikini, that's a pretty good thing. I mean, even bikini has an element of hardness, like AK is fucking hard. Mm -hmm. Like she's dialed in right now for JUSA. Um, but so, so if we're hard, we want to be able to ride that out. Obviously some sort of stress response is happening right now to where there's little to no water retention to where her metabolism, to where their metabolism is not going soft to where their training's in a good groove, cardio. So how do we prolong that? Man, honestly, commonly, I'll bump food up a little bit, pull cardio down a little bit. We can probably keep on that same track. What's the worst that happens? We take a quarter of a step backwards. Mm-hmm. Well, now I have two fucking variables I can play with and throw back in at any time. It's going to get us right back to where we were. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's honestly, this this is a good question, but it's so multifaceted. You know, we, we I would need a lot more data to talk about. And that's kind of why I wanted to answer it on here, because it's definitely not a one size fits all. And it's not really <laughs> soft and hard is very rarely correlated with the food. The The rate of progress can be correlated with the food, but softer heart is a stress response or a mitigation of a stress response. Mm-hmm. Next question. Gut health and realizing when something is off, when to see a specialist. Here's the issue with the specialist is I've sent so many clients specialists over the years. That's why I kind of just became, I, I decided just taking on myself to become a fucking expert here. Mm-hmm. Nothing ever got done. Mm-hmm. Nothing ever got better. Nothing ever got accomplished. So we have to understand what's wrong. Is your food not digesting? Is your food not passing? Okay. If your food's not passing, we obviously have an issue with breaking down the food in the gut to get to the small intestine. Oftentimes it's going to be a, an enzyme issue. Okay. If your food is, seems to be passing, you're not really contemplated, but you constantly have a bloat. Well, let's check your eating hygiene. You might be eating too fast, pulling in too much water when you eat. Um, something that you're eating might be staying behind your gut and just fermenting there and causing you to have uh, the, the bloat that turns to gas. Um, you know, whatever it might be. If we have really soft stools, well, the first thing you look at is fiber intake. And the second thing you look at is stress. Again, it's a huge fucking item, right? If you have bowel movements that just stop, you just cease bowel movements, you're constipated. Well, we are probably overstressed because when we're overstressed, the large intestine tends to tighten up. It constricts, right? When it constricts, it's hard to pass anything through gas or um, an actual movement. It's very hard to get it through there. So we have to look at the root of the issue. Okay. Sometimes a probiotic is going to help. Sometimes simple green supplement, sometimes psyllium husk is going to help. Sometimes magnesium glycerate is going to help. Sometimes, um, um, gut defender from new ethics is going to help you know, everything kind of has, everything has, a play it's, it's a puzzle right we're trying to put the puzzle together and we're trying to find out what are we what's the best fit for the next move um in the puzzle and that's you know digestion is kind of the biggest puzzle that there is to be real with you it's you know brutal figuring out it takes a ton of patience ton of time but if there's digestive issues 
I'm not sure I would see a specialist. I, I think I would hire someone who's actually going to put effort into you and who's actually going to try to, you know, not fit you into a 20, 30 minute window um, in one session and then hear from you, you know, again in three weeks. Um, I'd try to work with someone who's really hands on here. And I think that's going to help us best. Okay. Next one. I like this one. Yeah. Because I can talk about this one. Yeah. <laughs> not gut health. Hell yeah. Problem. The problem of instant gratification. Oh, let's both give our uh, thoughts on this. I think the problem with instant gratification is you get rewarded for doing something you didn't really have to struggle for. And if you didn't have to struggle for anything, then it's not worth being rewarded for. So now this makes you, this puts you into a mindset that, wow, I can achieve this, mm-hmm. you know, without sacrifice and strife. So I just don't need to do that anymore in my life. Mm-hmm. That's very problematic. That's not reality. It's not realistic. If you want to achieve something actually great, like nothing that's worth having comes fast enough for it to ever be considered instant gratification. But you know, there's a lot of instant gratification folks and a lot of instant gratification coaches out there. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to tell you how great you are every single check-in. Yeah. And honestly, that's just not me. That's, yeah. that's not how I roll. What do you think the problem with instant gratification is? I think a lot of people look for it too much. They, they, think, they search for it. Yeah. I mean, I have clients who leave me to go search for it. And I think when you have the problem of looking for it too much, you, you're going to find what you're looking for. I think you there's a saying my buddy told me once. He said, no matter what you're looking for, you're always going to find it. Oh, yeah. Because if you search hard enough, you'll find whatever your answer you're looking for is, yep. even if your answer is wrong. Confirmation bias. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think many people searching for it is the problem. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, piggybacking off your point is like, you're not going to get the fulfillment out of it, obviously, but searching for it's going to change your perception and change the way you communicate, change the way you interact with your relationships, change the way you work at your job. It's going to change all of your actions to map that. Yeah. And I think that's just not the way to go. No one's going to want to be around you. Yep. I agree with that a hundred percent. You're probably never going to achieve anything that's worth gratifying again. Mm -hmm. All right. Next one. With your experience in history and bodybuilding, what would be the three biggest keys to honing in your potential? Wow, this is a really, really, really good question. Um, the guy who asks this always asks really good questions. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, if you haven't been perfect, perfect. I'm talking about nailing everything. If you haven't been perfect for two years, you have no idea the kind of progress you can actually make. If you haven't been perfect for two years, you have no idea what your trajectory is. People like go in and they train and they bust ass for like eight months. They don't fucking get anywhere. And it's like, that was only fucking eight months. Like what what did you expect was going to happen? You were just going to turn into fucking Phil Heath overnight. Probably wasn't going to happen. Number one, you had to be perfect for two years. Once you get to two years, why the fuck stop? (laughs) Why stop (laughs) at that point? Like keep fucking going. Number two. I, I, might even be able to argue this for number one. If you have the work ethic, you have the ambition you have all the stuff, dude, you got to get a coach who can help you. You got to get a coach who can actually help you. Someone who can really push you to the next level. Someone who has, you know, proven results in guys and girls or someone who just, you know, has extremely proven results in whatever it is you're looking for. Someone who shares a similar mentality as you, someone who holds, who's going to hold you to a high standard. Someone who's going to teach you and force you, push you to get better. Um, There's truly not many things you can have you know, that, that, that are more helpful than a really good mentor. Um, so I would highly, 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 highly recommend that. And number three, dude, you gotta have balls, man. You gotta have balls for the sport. You gotta have fucking balls. You start being something people are going to 
talk shit about you. I remember, I remember that was my goal. I wanted to be good enough at competing that people would come at me for competing. I wanted to be good enough for coaching that people would come at me for coaching. Now I have motherfucking both and I'm really fucking good at both. <laughs> yeah. Like dude, it, it feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, you gotta have, you gotta have some fucking balls when you go in the gym. You gotta have some balls when you're dieting. You gotta have some balls when you're making the fucking decision that helps you get to that next level with competing, you know, over the decision that, you know, might be an anchor to you. You, you just gotta have fucking, you gotta be fucking tough, dude. You gotta be fucking tough. If you're in a constant wave of emotions, man, you're not gonna fucking get anywhere. Mm. You're, you're truly not. If, if you're constantly over you freaking out or stressing out or, you know, all this shit, dude, the only thing you have to worry about when you have a good coach, only thing, follow protocols. If you are hitting protocols, like, dude, I was talking to David about this. Mm-hmm. When Matt sends a response back to my check-in, you know what I say? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. I don't need any more information than that. I yeah. need nothing else. Yeah. He told me everything I needed to know. Mm-hmm. And the same with my clients. If I would, if there was anything more you needed, I would have been in that check-in. Mm-hmm. I say, yes, sir. And I get to fucking work. Mm-hmm. That when you get that mentality, yeah. that's when you're going to become a good bodybuilder. Because too many people have this fucking paralysis by analysis so much data, so much data, so much data. Here's more data. Here's more data. Here's more data, data, yeah. data. It doesn't fuck, dude. It does not matter. Yeah. There is data that I need. And let's see your check in. Mm-hmm. And anything that's beyond that is not something I need unless mm-hmm. I ask you for it. And people get so, oh my God. I mean, there are some data freaks. Oh, I bet. And, you know, I like every, you know, every coach has them and like their progress is, uh, you know, de- it's it's held back by that. Mm-hmm. It really, everything's a data piece. No, yeah. it's not. Yeah. No, it's not. The data pieces are really simple. What's in your check-in? Are you being in the logbook? How do you feel? Those are your data pieces. Mm-hmm. Everything else, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, commonly, you know, those people kind of make something massive out of nothing that's even there at all. This is super applicable everywhere too. Everywhere. Because I mean, I, I used I used to do it and tend to sometimes still do it a little bit with like software. Yeah. What's the best email software? Yeah. Well, it doesn't need just, to be the best. Why don't you just use one and, yeah. and figure if it works. And you just get the job done. And if it doesn't work, if you need something else, change yeah. 100%. Yeah. What works best is what you're going to use the best. Well, what you, and you don't use it until you actually take exactly. action and find out. And people just yeah. get paralyzed yeah. by analyze, 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 analyze. Like, dude, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It does not matter. Did you beat the logbook? How do you feel? Did you crush your protocols? Let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's roll. Yeah. Next. Step. So, yeah, yeah. So I think, the, you know, those are three big keys here. Okay. Um, last question that we have here for this Q&A podcast is. Was there a profound moment or yes. moments in which you knew you were doing what you were put here for? It went something like this. All right. And your new Mr. Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you guys know the rest that. you guys you guys know the rest yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um at that time you know i knew based off the crowd's reaction and i kind of knew leading into it that it was way bigger than me mm. it, it, it was not just about like justin mahaley doing this it was about like a community mm-hmm. that was doing this and that was a really big deal mm-hmm. um you know there, there was a lot of pressure on me for that show for sure and i wasn't sure how i was going to respond mm. and I, I mean, I, I dominated, yeah. I, I, I dominated the pressure. I dominated the show. I dominated everything, 
you know, that that could have been done. And in that moment when, you know, they said my number for my first overall win, especially one so fucking meaningful and so prestigious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew I was like, all right, this this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like ever since that overall, I've been a completely different beast. Yeah. Like I've been a different person, you know, in the gym with bodybuilding, with coach, with everything across the board. Now you got something to lose. Um, exactly. Now there's something to lose. I didn't yeah. have that before. Yeah. You know, now it's like every single day I actively think about Am I living up to Mr. Ohio? Am I being what I need to be to represent the state of Ohio, my hometown, and you know what the honor of that award means? Am I am I holding it up every single day? Um, and you know, so I, I think in that moment, and then you know, in the moments thereafter, where I saw the impact that it had on everybody, um, I knew that like that this was big. And, uh, I think that's kind of when I realized, um, the impact that, you know, has been created here mm-hmm. and that was cool. And I just want to fucking build upon that and, yeah, and just keep, keep pushing it. Yeah. So Mr. USA is going to be even sweeter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you guys, great questions. I greatly appreciate it. We will see you next time for episode 76 brought to you by revive and raw supplements. As always, you guys have a great day.